listening to the Hometown Losers, the St. Louis Sports Podcast, with Josh, Adam, and OJ. All right, everybody, welcome back here to the Hometown Losers Podcast. This is session number eight, and joined as always uh, by with Adam, not by Adam, but with Adam and OJ. Uh, how's everybody doing, guys? Hey, how's it going, man? Welcome back. Oh, yeah, I'm doing yeah. good. So. I'm glad you guys are doing good. Uh, it's been an interesting week um, with uh, not really much going on with, with like Cardinals and stuff like that, but. The Blues are kind of on, on a weird one here. Uh, let's start, I guess, with with the Blues here, because there's really not much to talk about on the update because it's kind of the mm-hmm. same stuff that we've been talking about for the past, like, three weeks, right? Uh, but just a quick update. I'll just blow through real quick. So the Blues now are sitting 21-18 and 18, um, in three for 45 total points. Uh, mm-hmm. We are fourth in the Central. We're ninth in the West. We've actually moved up two spots uh, – or not two spots. But we moved up one in the Central and then one in the West total. Um we're three behind the wild for the third in the central and we are 11 points behind the stars for the lead in the central. Um, yeah, we're yeah. two points out, uh, of the wild the card spot. Yeah. Yeah. The wild uh, card Oilers. behind the flames Oilers and the Oilers now. and the flames. And yeah. The, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. Cause the flames and Oilers are actually tied now. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it so is in- possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an interesting, interesting note to this as well. So the past 10 games, uh, the blues are five, three and two, which isn't a great, scoring mm-hmm. line right um but it's better than obviously what we had been doing of losing like winning a game losing three in a row so yeah. so forth um we're on a two-game winning streak as well if that means anything for us at this point um yeah the, yeah, the one point i wanted to make as well because you mentioned the 10 last 10 games i actually did some analysis of the last 15 games and we've actually accumulated over the last 15 games a total of 19 points total and okay. you know so that's interesting you know i know it has it's better than we were but still our defense is severely lacking obviously we have a lot of injuries still um and yeah i mean listen if you're getting 19 points in 15 games it's a little over obviously a point per game that's going to get you a playoff spot it uh, will especially oh. considering you know we have we're without a lot of our defense our d-line and we're without roar yeah. and and uh you know vladdy so yeah it's i think at this point like five out of six of the defensemen we had going penciled into our starting six yeah. being exactly it could be worse ir- <laughs> yeah ironically the only one that's healthy is pareko who's been like injured for the past two freaking seasons it feels yeah. like so um that, that that's kind of crazy i'm just trying um, to be optimistic it really is. And actually, there's so there's a couple things I want to bring up here um, because, OJ, last session you brought up a, a good point uh, about how the Blues just seem to be playing better without Tarasenko and without Roar, right? Um, so Roar this season, 10 goals, 6 assists, right? So mm-hmm. not great, obviously, uh, sitting at 16 points. He's also, by the way, leading the league in uh, uh, plus minus in the negative way. He's minus 28 this season. Mm-hmm. That is... Uh, a lot worse than I thought, um, you know, so we, at this point, you know, we are playing, I think, better than Roar. I want to ask your guys' opinion. Do you think he's a liability at this point? And if so, what what do we do about him? Trade him. Well, yeah. once he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, I, I certainly don't think he's a liability. I think, if anything, the injuries to him and Terry Senko galvanized the rest of the team, and now they're yeah. playing more 
to their yeah. capabilities rather than, oh, you take those guys, those plugs out of the lineup and now all of a sudden no one's holding yeah. us back. You know what I mean? But like, I still <laughs> I still think, though, we should start we should seriously. I mean, I know Army was talking about it. You know, he was seriously looking at, you know, potential trades. And I think we should definitely consider it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, in my opinion, you probably trade at least one of them because I don't think you can keep both of them yeah. most likely. So you try and get something for one of them. Yep. I don't know. For me, that calculus really depends on a lot of factors. I don't know those, which as for which one I, you trade. Yeah, and I think that some because it, they're just two different players too. And I, I'm the players we're talking about, obviously, are Tarasenko and, and Roar, right? I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, and they're just completely different players, right? Like Roar obviously is going to be your center, and then you have your winger. But really, the, the playing style is completely different. Roar is a 200 foot, uh, 200 foot uh, player for the most part. Uh, hasn't really shown it this year, to be quite honest with you. Um, and Tarasenko is more that sniper. So who's going to need what in what situations and what team? Because obviously they got to think about their lines sure. if they're going to be taking on those players, and then who are they going to be giving up as well? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's just a really interesting thing to be looking at that and be like, man, you're shelling out a lot of money. He's supposed to be one of our top players in the Leeds League in minus right now, and obviously he's not doing great. Um, obviously, he's missed, I think, four games now, right? And tonight mm-hmm. will be game number five, I yep. think. Um, yep. Yeah, we're playing Calgary. I think we're playing the Flames again. yet again, which would be interesting yep. because we could potentially, you know mm-hmm. – uh, slide in at least with you know tie with the oilers at least slide uh, into, into the walker yeah slide <laughs> into those dms for the wild card yeah <laughs> so that's what so, I mean, it, it certainly is fun to watch them i will say they're they're playing in a manner where like they're clearly going for it they're leaving yeah. it all out there every night and their defense is terrible but they also are kind of like scoring enough to outpace their terrible defense at least more yeah. often than not so <laughs> it, it's it's super funny, right? Because I took a look at it in like the past like 10, 15 games, we scored like three goals in I think out of like the 15, I think like 13 times. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy, but we aren't winning all that much. So that just tells you how bad our defense has been. Um, you know, and I, I watched the game against uh, against Flames and and really analyzed the three goals that uh the Flames were able to score. And I didn't think any of those were on Bennington. Um, he did get beat three times in that game, uh, two times, one went off the crossbar, one went off the post, and one just missed the net. But he got beat clean, right? Uh, so it yeah. could have easily been those three goals. You know, he, he makes these saves or whatever. I mean, yeah, easily could have been, you know, six to three. Um, yeah. And the fact is, I mean, just since the first, you know, of the games that w- I think we've only lost, uh, what, I think one of those games? I think it was against the – I believe we only lost one of those games. I guess it was um, – um, the halves, I believe it was, wasn't it? Um, and I think it was, we only lost by one, I think. Mm-hmm. So overall, I mean, the past few games we've been playing, you know, all, all things considered decently. Um, I was surprised that we actually came back and tied it up and went to OT. Right. I mean, yeah. So, so the question really does come into, you know, are, are we, is it too late? Right. Um, I mean, we still have half a season left. Um, yeah. I don't think just, so. As Blues fans, um, coming into this season, we had a lot higher expectations, obviously, with this roster the way it was, right? Um, I, you know, said on session one, I had a really bad feeling about this season. I had a really bad feeling about the season coming into it. I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it has been. 
Um, but I just really, there was something about it that I just, I looked at the lineup and it looks really good, but it just didn't scream to me Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? It didn't even scream to me like deep playoff run or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't well, know. Yeah. It really is all about the defense, the defensemen on the yeah. roster. Mm-hmm. So we're just a yeah. mid-tier team now because of that. So. Yeah, I mean, we uh, just desperately, desperately need yeah. a defense for Pareko. Yeah. yeah. And obviously that's that's probably not going to fix everything, but it can definitely start the process of alleviating some pressure. And who yes. knows, sometimes that one player can make a difference. You know what I mean? Right. 100%. Well, at least we can say we're better than the Avs. So there you go. Yeah. For, for now. For now. Um, for. But uh, speaking of difference makers, uh, I got to kind of eat some crow here. Uh, Jordan Cairo got 20 goals so far this season. Yeah, I saw that. But here's the thing. He's also got 21 assists for 41 points. He's, he's completely taken. He's personally taken what I've said against him to heart. I know mm-hmm. he listens. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's an uh, avid listener to the yeah team. avid listener right. Um, <laughs> uh, so but he is on pace for forty goals. So I definitely think that I'm wrong that he's going to be a thirty goal scorer. Obviously anything can happen. You know hopefully he stays healthy. I don't want the guy to get injured or whatever. Obviously, uh, but I do believe that I'm wrong on that. I don't know if he's going to be able to get to forty. That's really tough. But he is flying around the ice right now that he can rattle off some goals quickly um in games and stuff like that um so i definitely believe you know with 40 games left i believe that he can get 10 goals i mean he's already shown that he can do 20 and 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 40 so gonna be interesting uh for sure i will say though that robert thomas who i thought was going to have a better season um he's then better season than kairos i should say he isn't having like a terrible season he's kind of having that robert thomas-esque season 11 goals Mm -hmm. 28 uh 28 assists He's one point behind Kairou. He's on pace for 80 points. I truly believe that Thomas, this was going to be Thomas year, that he was going to get towards 100 points. Um, I predicted at the beginning of the season that he was going to get to 110 points. I knew that was a little aggressive, but uh, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised on this, especially when he has not been injured like Kairou, like Roar, like Tarasenko and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Well, and he helped oh. us look over the flames in an OT uh, the other night, so... Had a disallowed goal on again one that I think Kyra was just doing a little too much stick handling didn't you know secure the puck first, um, yeah. but it, it is what it is you know what I mean obviously it worked out uh, at the end and Thomas obviously benefited again uh, from the OT and a great play by Justin Falk too to get that puck out in space to yeah. Kyra so and that's that's the yeah. thing about OT you know it, it's it's crazy with all the space that he have out there yeah they had that two on a rush with Kyra yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess we'll, you know, kind of see what the, the, the blues do um, coming, coming forward here. We'll see if also uh, anybody uh, line up besides Vladimir Tarasenko gets um, elected to the all-star game. Um, all right. I guess we're good. Unless anybody else has anything to say about the blues. Um, I believe we can just go to the Cardinals update at this point. Let's go blues. Let's not lose. That's all I've got to say. Ice cold booze. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, go, go ahead, OJ. I'm good too. Okay. Uh, not much to say about the Cardinals because obviously we we know that you know it, for all intents and purposes, like pretty much the free agency and like the off is kind of over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the the big name players are gone. Kind of mm-hmm. crazy that Carrera is going back to Minnesota. 
after mm-hmm. signing with the Giants and then that falling through, going to the Mets and that falling through. Um, and it went to uh, goes back um, to a six year deal rather than the crazy deals that he's been seeing for like 11, 12. So is what it is. I guess there is something with that leg that, you know, is it not must being, be. Yeah. Not being publicized. But that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the yeah, Mets and the Giants all said no, no go. And uh, I guess they're worried about that ankle bothering him later on. So mm-hmm. uh, it is what it is. So he got six believe- years, 200 mil, I think. Yeah, and to OJ's point, because I remember this from you know prior sessions, I, I do believe it's a longevity thing, right? It's not that they worry about his play. It's just the as you, I think I don't remember exactly the wording you said, OJ, but it was more like again just the longevity because of how long the contract was, right? Yeah, like I, I mean, he signed a six-year contract with the Twins instead of eleven. Yeah, the, was thirteen. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, you're having the contract. That's that's significant. So. Yeah, um, and he and he actually came out and said that while he's had some doctors telling him it, that his ankle was fine, he's also had some doctors say that it wasn't so fine. So, yeah. you know, maybe there is something there and they're concerned about it. Rightfully so. It's definitely like a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and that's a that's a gamble. You know, that's a lot of money to put on the line potentially and for it to you know flare up later. He may not be hurting him now, like to your point, OJ, but. Uh, what if it does, you know, start to becoming a problem when it gets you know, as he ages and, uh, you know, 12 year, $350 million deal. That's a lot to put out there. So, or I think the Giants actually was somewhere around there too. I think it was like 13, 350, yeah. I think for the Giants. So uh, it was both long contracts, 12 and 13 year contracts. So. 315 was for the Mets. The Mets, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, think I can actually. I think the Giants is like 350. So, um, I have it written down somewhere. Uh, three, yeah, you're right. 13, 350. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. I'm like going to my notes and I have this computer in front of me that I could have easily just looked it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is what it is. I mean, I I had mean he hasn't missed a game because of it, but you know, and I know that's been nine years ago, I guess, since he's had that injury, but mm-hmm. still, you know, it is what it is. So sure. Uh, speaking of it, it is what it is uh, going to Cardinals news. So Matt Halliday was our bench coach and I was pretty excited about that. You know, you have a, yep. a, a Redbird hall of famer uh, coming in um, to, to be a bench coach. And obviously he's very liked in St. Louis and the players definitely respect him. He is stepping away. Um, and his reasoning is that he wants to be able to spend more time with his kids. Um, and I, I read the statement that he had. I thought it was a good statement, you know, pretty much saying that, you know, later you don't want to look back later on saying, crap, I could have been there with my kids for this mm-hmm. stuff and miss and, and miss that. You know, as a player, you already miss a lot. So he wants to be able to become a coach eventually. Mm-hmm. But right now, the time isn't there. So I, I respect it. Um, it's I, just it's disappointing. I wonder if he's going to be playing a pivotal role with uh, his oldest son, uh, Jackson, as well in his career. So, you know, be, helping him sure. out, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Since yeah. he was the uh, number one pick this past draft. So, right. But, uh, he's got a couple other kids though, I think. So yeah, I a couple think of boys and a girl. So, mm-hmm. and he's a Christian man, you know, he's all about family and that's always been number one with him. So I think he did the right thing. I mean, it's obviously I would have loved to have him, you know, be our bench coach and be back with the cards, but you know, he did what's what's right, what was right for him. And so, you know, I don't fault him for that. So excellent. But we are still obtaining a former Cardinal, though, for our bench coach. So we're Joe getting, uh, 
Yep, little Mac. So we're bringing it back. Or a little unit, because apparently it was really successful against Randy Johnson. I did not know that those numbers, yep. but that's so what I read. Way back in the 90s, back whenever I was a kid. Yeah. I actually... Uh, it's and you weren't even born. <laughs> me? No, I mean, I was definitely... So I, I remember know. getting his I'm autograph. Um, so my... Back in the day, so my mother used to be the nurse or head nurse critical care in ICU at BJC. They used to have a BJC night there because BJC is still a sponsor of the Cardinals. So, you know, they used to have like this before the game, used to have like this little carnival thing for the kids and, you know, for the for the staff of BJC. And then you go to the game. Well, after the game, they the kids would run around the bases and then they would do autographs. Right. So I ran around the bases. And then they you they have like different like autograph stations. Well, I mean, there's thousands of people there. So, you know, they're like separated out all over the place. And the one player that I really wanted to get was Joe McEwing. He was the only player that was really kind of like a name player that was doing this. And his line was ridiculously long, but I was able to sneak in and, and get his autograph. <laughs> so uh, I, I remember him vividly uh, because of that. I remember that in one game, he had two home runs, too, if I remember correctly, in that uh, first season where he got nine home runs. Um, but Joe McEwing uh, was, you know, as you said, a former Cardinal. He was in uh, St. Louis for two years. Uh, then he w- got traded to the Mets um, and was there for five years. Then he finished his car- uh, career out with one year with the Royals and one year with the Astros. He was a 250 career hitter, 25 home runs, and 158 RBIs. So he was like a super utility player, right? He played every yeah, single position. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he played damn near every position, right? So every position, even catcher. Um, he just did not pitch. So. Oh, okay. Which, Interesting. Yeah. If he would have played in today's game, he probably would have pitched because we see that a lot more now where the game's out no, of hand. Let's I was going to say, bullpen. dude, we had Yachty out there. We had Pujols out on the, on the, on the mound. Absolutely. Damn right. Yeah. He would have pitched. Yeah. Nope. So he's looking into his um, career as a coach, right? So he uh, he retired from baseball in 2008 um, and then became a coach in the White Sox organization, like a minor league coach and stuff. Got called up to be the third base coach. He was a third base coach for the White Sox from 11 to 17. And then he became the bench coach in uh, 17 through 20. I wrote down some some interesting things here. Just we we know who the White Sox are. They're not the, the greatest anymore. They used to be pretty good, like in the mid 2000s and stuff. Um, but, it, you know, and I, I and again, for me, and this is a little bit of my ignorance. I don't know exactly how much the bench coach does to help with this stuff. But in 17, uh, the team was 67 and 95, 18, 64 and 98. And then 19, uh, seven, uh, tw- or 72 and um, 89. Um, and then the COVID year, the, oh, I, I forgot to say he was a bench coach between 17 and 20. He got promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm reading this off. He was 35 and 25 in the COVID year. Um, that was in obviously ni- or, uh, 1920, uh, 2020. Um, so the question I have for you guys is, is this the right guy? It was there a better option for us when it came to a bench coach? Uh, you know, OJ, I'll start with you. What What are your feelings on Joe McEwing taking over for Matt Holiday? Uh, well, I was kind of looking forward to having Matt Holiday do it, but I mean, bench coach, what they're basically like the right hand man of the manager, so I don't really fully know what they all actually do day to day. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it's fine. Like, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he is a, was a utility player to me actually 
um, I think gives him an advantage because he's able to translate what the manager basically is wanting and he understands that and he's able to be just more accessible to the players. I think that's the whole point is like kind of being like their assistant per se um, because, you know, the manager is just and the coach is like just not, um, you know, he's he's focused on a lot of other things, you know, in the game, whereas McEwing is going to be able to give his you know, basically that message from the manager, but also be able to give some expertise from his past as well. And the fact that he's played every single play, uh, every single uh, position before besides pitcher, which we don't really need him for that. Um, I think would, it might really help us out. You know, I think we need somebody that has experience throughout the field, you know, and understands those positions. So, I mean, that's, that's the upside of like skip Schumacher. You, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah a utility guy at least to old school days you don't stick around as a utility guy for as long as they did without having a good baseball brain so exactly so he truly understands the game i think i mean he may not be the greatest hitter but at the same time he understands what it takes to be you know on the field and and how to play you know overall competitive in the mlb level he can be competitive yeah absolutely yep um i think he's gonna be a great sherpa for brendan donovan because obviously we have that super utility player currently won a golden glove for being the utility player. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that he could definitely help him out. I just don't know. I just don't know how the, the rest of the team is going to be like um, how they're, how they're going to react to it. I mean, obviously they're professionals. They're, they're going to you know deal with it. And it's not like this is like, Oh, you know, three quarters of the way through the season, we're about to make a playoff push and my bench coach is leaving. You know what I mean? It's nothing like that. But yeah. I, I wonder uh, I wonder if the players were excited to have Matt Holiday. Because obviously he's been around I'm the organization. Sure, he's a Hall of Famer. He goes to games and stuff like that. And he is in the uh, the, the locker room or the clubhouses, I should say. And, you know, has conversations with players and stuff like that. Because Nolan Arnott has said several times that he's had conversations with him uh, specifically. So I wonder, you know, what that takes into mentally if you're really excited for a guy. And all of a sudden it comes in and he's like, oh, McEwing. Great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. it's going to be it's just going to be interesting definitely different i was very excited to have matt holiday in. i think matt holiday would have been a good hitting coach too mm. um, yeah but, yeah you know, who knows maybe this does open the pathway for yadier molina coming back and being a bench coach because i really believe that eventually he's going to be he'll, the oh he'll be back he'll be back yeah for sure i mean obviously he's taking some time off and he's obviously busy with you know all of his uh you know, um, league stuff that he's working on, you know, but in his, in his organization, but however, he'll be back. There's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do believe that, uh, Yachty will come back at some point. Just to me, as you, as you said, Adam, you know, he's got some obligations already. I think he's coaching in Venezuela now or going to be, it's just going to be like, when is that opportunity going to come? I mean, obviously, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. um, or he should be a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, at this point, yeah, I really do believe he'd be a Hall of Famer. But yeah, he'll be so Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think he'll definitely will be. So, I mean, I've, we already know, obviously, Pools. You know, that'll be first round, no doubt, for him. But yeah, uh, that's, I that's think that y- Yachty has a has a real chance. You know, he'll be on the Hall of Fame ballot eventually. So, yeah. once he's once he's been retired for five years, I expect it to be on the ballot. So. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest, defense, uh, greatest defensive uh, catcher ever. That's for sure. 
Yeah. No doubt. I mean, that's you, he certainly you're could, not going to find that again. Like no, no one before him. Exactly. And the way he could handle the pitching staff, too. And obviously that's we talked about that earlier in a different session. That's what we're sorely going to be missing. It's not even really the backstop, so to speak, that the guy mm-hmm. that can you know, stop a ball and stuff like that, because there's there's guys out there that can do that and to be able to you know, pick off and throw. It's how do you communicate and know when every single pitcher in your in your in your clubhouse in your bullpen when they need the talking to when they need to slow things down mm-hmm. and like hey you know okay he's not feeling this and stuff like that i mean just the things he's does that goes off the stat sheet is just mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be sorely missed that's yeah for he sure. definitely calm down some of the nervous younger guys as well and you know mm-hmm. he was good at that for sure sure yep. he will be missed well, uh, speaking for of, sure. Yeah, speaking of St. Louis legends, I wanted to play a game with you guys here. So this one was a, a little different that I had in my mind here. Um, and this was a few years ago. You know, I heard on the radio the idea of Mount Rushmore, right? Because everyone's like, "What's your top five quarterbacks? What's your blah blah blah?" blah. And everyone always talks about, uh, you know, again rating like quarterbacks like oh you know you have brady banning uh you know breeze whatever and stuff like that it typically this this whole conversation typically goes around football and stuff but it kind of you know applies for for anything but i don't remember exactly i want to try to give credit to whoever it was but i can't remember but it was something on espn they were talking about the mount rushmore so the mount rushmore is you don't rank you just put them on the wall right so you have your top four guys right so i want to ask you guys your top four Mount Rushmore St. Louis sports heroes. So these are going to be St. Louis sports heroes that are heroes to you. So they have been on a some a, a, a St. Louis team at some point and, you know, kind of present why they're a hero to you. I mean, I'll go ahead and start. So you guys, uh, if you guys are okay with that, right? Go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So that way you can uh, kind of understand what I'm going through in the madness that's in my head, right? Um, so one of the guys they definitely have on my Mount Rushmore um, is Paul Correa. So Paul Correa um, was the first guy that was drafted by the Mighty Ducks. He only spent three years in St. Louis. Um, in, he only got 36 goals and 87 assists um, in that time. But he was a career goal scorer. He had 402 goals, 587 assists, and just shy of 1,000 points. He had 989. He was a guy that struggled with concussions and stuff like that um, throughout his career. Um, and got knocked the hell out in the 2003 Stanley Cup Finals um, by Stevenson uh, or Stevens, excuse me. And um, yeah, and he wasn't unconscious or anything like that, but it's clearly like he had some concussion problems uh, around that time. That was, I think, his second concussion that he had. But he always had, uh, you know, some concussion problems. Um, so the reason why he is a St. Louis sports hero to me is or just really a sports hero to me anyways but he played for st louis is the fact that he i kind of like as a kid i emulated my hockey game after him i was never really the biggest guy um wasn't really like super tall kind of like average height um and i you know was never really like mass wise i wasn't a big guy either so like here comes this paul career who's a short guy but he was fast right he wasn't like martin st louis who was like you know five foot like super short um but he was super fast and he had an incredible, credible eye and a great shot. So I emulated kind of my playing style from Paul, like around Paul Correa. And Paul Correa, I remember when he came to St. Louis, um, was the year after the lockout. 
And I was completely done with not only St. Louis Blues hockey, which is kind of saying something, but I was done with uh, the NHL because of all the crap that happened, right? Um, I was, like, completely done with it, blah, blah, blah. And it's super funny because my dad had season tickets on the glass because they were super dirt cheap because this was, as OJ, you said in, in like, session two, this was, like, during the dark years, (laughs) the dark age of, of Blues hockey when we weren't making the playoffs. We just weren't competitive, right? Um, right. and, um, uh, you know, I remember my dad asked me over and over and over and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. One, nothing to do with him. So he guilt tripped me essentially. I kind of say that sarcastically, but he kind of guilt tripped me into going to a game. Like, fine, I'll go to a game. And I'm sitting there going, uh, you know, watching the pregame warmups and I'm like, ah, oh, they're good tickets, blah, blah, blah. And I'm okay, looking around I'm like this little number nine looks really familiar. I'm like, why does he look familiar? And then he flipped around and he was right in front of me because I was on the glass and it was Korea. And I was like, oh, my God, lost my shit because I'm like one of my heroes, one of the, the guys that I grew up you know, emulating was now in the blues. And I had no idea because, again, I, I stayed away from it uh, from the game. So I immediately went up and bought a jersey, <laughs> like spent uh you did amount of money in the pro shop, you know, didn't go to like somewhere else. Obviously I got uh, a Jersey or a sweater as it's actually correctly called um, in uh, the pro shop. And uh, you know, I I still have that. uh, I still have that sweater and still one of my favorite ones. Um, That's back when it was like the, you know, the Adidas ones that a lot lot of people hate. No, no, I never really got many hockey jerseys, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I remember. Are you talking about the uh, the old ones that had the uh, like? Um, eyes, what's that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the the pipe striping. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I remember those. I like those better, honestly, than uh, the ones that we have now. To be quite honest with you, but that's just you know for everybody's you know has a different opinion to it. Now, weirdly, so my second player is I think an obvious one to both of you guys. Um, but uh, to my listeners uh, or our listeners, uh, to the listeners, uh, probably to your dad. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, he knows coming up next, and that's PJ Oshie. PJ Oshie is interesting. He actually has a very fond part, uh, like spot in my heart. So Paul Korea got me back into hockey right after the lockout because I was completely done with it. He got me back into hockey. TJ Oshie kept me in hockey, if that makes sense, because, you know, Paul Correa and then, you know, we got TJ Oshie. Obviously, I think he got drafted in 2005, right? Yeah, 2005. And, uh, you know, he spent seven years here with St. Louis. He's now been in uh, in Washington for seven years. Kind of crazy. He hasn't been here for seven years. Um, But anyways, when he was with the Blues, scored 110 goals, 200 assists. He's got 271 goals currently, so hopefully he gets that 300 mark. I would love to see him get to that 300 plateau. He's got a career 635 points and obviously won the cup right before us in 2018. And I'm really glad that he was able to celebrate that with his dad because his dad, you know, had all timers and didn't last much longer after that. Um, So, you know, Batija Oshie, though, kept me engaged in blues hockey because of his energy. And I remember specifically – one of the one of the hits, like if you look up TJ Oshie, like hits and like his highlights specifically, there's one where he comes straight out. It's on a, a, a like right after a penalty kill. He comes right at Rick Nash and just blows them the hell up. Rick Nash is in, in the corner because we're playing against the Blue Jackets. 
<clears throat> and he passes the puck away, and then and he's at a complete standstill, and Oshie just runs him over, like completely just runs him down. And I was there at that game, and that happened in front of me. It was one of the coolest like things ever. He was Oshie was in the box, came out of the box, and just made a beeline right for Rick Nash and just annihilated him. Um, his energy just kept me going. You know what I mean? Like into the game, I really liked his play. Um, he was very cool. I've met him several times. Like he's a very like down to earth dude. Um, seems to really care about his fans a lot. I mean, when he left St. Louis, you know, you had the uh little kid that was crying you know miserably that you know the blue that he was no longer st louis blue and he sent him all sorts of you know uh washington capital stuff with his name on it it it, to me like tj oshi is going to have a dear part of my uh, my heart that's the reason why my first dog is named after oshi so um you know oshi is uh you know to me a, a reason why i stayed with um with st louis blues hockey and just really hockey in general the third guy that i have on my mount uh rushmore list I don't know if you guys will know this one or not. I don't know if you if you guys will be able to predict it, but I have Scott Rowland. Um, you know, I, I love me some Nolan Arenado, and I do believe that Nolan Arenado is a better third baseman than Scott Rowland. But Scott Rowland, man, back in the day, back when we had MV3, you guys remember what I'm talking about with Edmonds and uh, Pujols. Yep. yep. Man, um, yeah, that was so much fun to watch. But uh, at the time, I was trying to play a little bit of third uh, base when I was – because I was mostly an outfielder. But I was trying to play third base um, in, like, the Pee Wee League. Um, and it was just so much fun to watch him because, like, we now have Nolan Arenado. So, it, really, Cardinals fans, like, we've been spoiled to hell when it comes to the third base position uh, for yeah. quite a while. Because, like, no uh, – because Roland would make these – ridiculous plays look really normal. Same thing, obviously, now with Arenado, but I just remember the, the trademark bare hands throws that Roland would make, you know, they'd bunt down the third baseline, he just runs up bare hands and throws it. You know what I mean? It's just like a bullet. But my thing, that a reason why I fell in love with this guy as a sport fan is because of his 100% all-the-time hustle. You know what I mean? Like, I, I remember every time he would walk, he would sprint to first base. You know what I mean? And I think that really sets a, you know, sets a, a good example for young kids, um, you know, that, to put in the work. And he was never sh- afraid of the work. And he got in LaRusa's face. I don't know. Do, do you guys remember, like, the whole dispute between him and LaRusa towards the end of his tenure in St. Louis? Did you guys ever hear about that? I remember hearing that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, so him going after LaRusa, Hall of Fame coach, you know, just saying, hey, you know, if you're not going to make cool holes, you know, like, you know, run to the bases or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you and then yell at some young kids to do it. You can't, you know, play uh, both sides of the coin. I, I think that's really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so to me, Scott Rowland is definitely there. And the fourth guy is another one that I, I, I seldom talk about, but he kind of shaped me a little bit um, without really too much interaction. But the fourth guy is Dexter McLeon. My old next door neighbor, when he was a cornerback for the St. Louis Car or St. Louis Cardinals, well, St. Louis Rams. Um, interestingly enough, he wasn't the greatest player, right? I mean, he spent six years in uh, in St. Louis. Uh, had a career stat line of 31 interceptions, 334 tackles, and only 94 pass defend uh, defended. Now that being said, too, the game's different. There's a lot more passing involved in in the game, right? But uh, what most people don't know about Dexter was he was actually drafted by the Twins in '93 but decided to play football and he went to Clemson and played shortstop for Clemson 
and was actually a quarterback and a cornerback at Clemson University, um, which I didn't know. I did not know that until I think my sister's senior year and after I was already an avid Clemson fan from that. So I thought that was kind of crazy. I did not know that. But to this day, he is the only player in ACC history to be the player of the week and the offensive, defensive side, and special teams in the same season. Did wow. not know that. He played, you know, he played both sides of the ball, playing quarterback, uh, quarterback and cornerback, but he also did some returns and stuff like that. Uh, so he was a hell of an athlete. But the reason why I think that I have him in my Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore is I remember I uh, never played football, always wanted to play football. I got, uh, you know, on the football team with you, with you, OJ, um, at our high school. And we, uh, you know, I, I was thrown around the ball with my stepdad in our um, in our driveway or whatever, and just had half shell pads on, you know, just the pads and the helmet and stuff. I was kind of trying to get used to wearing a helmet because I had played football with the boys out in the backyard, you know what I mean? And so I was so used to catching. I was good, like, athletically to be able to catch it. But wearing a helmet and having those shoulder pads, it was so restricting, right? So you, you have to get used to it. Um, and, OJ, you actually played some youth, uh, youth football, didn't you? Yeah, only for one year, though. Okay, like, see, I didn't know I, that. I started my eighth grade year. That's it. Mm. That's why I was so bad at it. <laughs> I didn't have any freaking practice. None of my coaches ever gave me proper practice either. Well, in my opinion, yeah. I feel like I felt like I always feel like I could stand to do a lot more scrimmaging than hitting drills. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can point me at some dude and hit him. I could do that all day. But like, Let's like let me fight through some blocks and get at some guys in like a game situation where you actually have to read the play and all that. Like, well, I didn't see that happen enough, honestly. <laughs> one of the things I will say about, um, you know, in high school, OJ, when we were going through like some of these hitting drills, right? Especially on the lower level, it, most of the time it felt like we were cannon fodder, like a small, or at least me, I was a smaller guy. So we were cannon fodder to the bigger dudes because, like, okay, small guys run at the big guys and they're going to try to stop you. It's like, Okay, <laughs> like I'm gonna get annihilated. So why am I doing this? Like, oh, it's it's to toughen you up so you can learn how to hit. I'm like, he's just I, I'm running. I'm a hundred pounds, you know, 130 soaking wet at that time, going up against a 250 guy. What do what do you think is gonna happen? You know. Anyways, um, I but to your point, uh, if we scrimmage more, I think that would have it would help with play execution too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But neither here yeah. or there. I don't know why. Yeah, I just started talking about that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's that's a uh, uh, discussion for a different time, right? But yeah, um, anyways, um, but he uh, so he's my next door neighbor, and he comes up in this Hummer. He had a, a Hummer, and he had spinners on the Hummer, right? Because that was the thing back then was the, was the spinners. So he saw me throwing, uh, you know, catching the ball. He came over into the driveway to you know give me some instruction on like how to catch and stuff like that, how to get used to the pads and, and stuff like that too. And he threw a little bit with me and stuff. It was, it was just a really cool experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I remember that my my football career started out as a wide receiver. I ended up becoming a safety and, uh, you know, defensive back. <clears throat> and I, if for whatever reason, you know, I wasn't uh, getting time on the offensive side. And, you know, there was an opportunity to play the defensive side. And I really, at the time, I did not want to do it at all. I, because I, I wasn't really prepared for it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I'm like, you know what? It, you know, I'm going to do this. I even said this to myself in my head. I'm going to do this for Dexter for whatever reason. And it had nothing to do because Dexter had gone at that point. He wasn't even my next door neighbor anymore. But I'm like, I'm going to do it for Dexter. And then I end up uh, making a few plays that game and became the starting uh, safety, you know, for a little bit. 
So it's just super funny how things work out in your life. You know what I mean? And in how people can influence you in little, in little ways. Right. But, you know, Dexter to me has got to be there because he, you know, in a way he definitely influenced the way I played football. I probably wouldn't have played football beyond two years if it wasn't for him, you know, and the idea of maybe getting towards the defensive ball. So. And I wanted, I wanted to add something real quick, too. I don't know if you knew this or not, but it's something that you guys actually have in common. But back whenever uh, the Rams actually pl- uh, won the Super Bowl and uh, what was that, 36, I think, back in like 2000, um, he was actually caught on camera. I'm just reading this now. He was caught on camera saying to uh, Dre Bly at the time, whenever they were both sitting on the bench, he just looked over and said, Tom Brady, overrated. <laughs> <laughs> something you share in common there you go i mean just read that tidbit i remember very well his first year he was not a special passer or anything like tom brady was a very mediocre quarterback his rookie year like he's just in a very fortunate situation my whole theory is that most quarterbacks have a better chance of like succeeding than what it seems. It's just that so many of them get thrust into these absolutely horrific situations with offensive linemen that can't block anybody. And so then they turn into like Sam Bradford, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's stuff of, uh, I remember I was listening to this 31 thoughts podcast, I think maybe a couple years ago, they were talking about the goalie play of Martin Jones on the San Jose sharks. Yeah. And, the guy's base. The guy actually went and watched a bunch of his games. That was his whole thing. He's like, I'm. I analyze goalies, and so he he surmised that the Sharks' poor defensive play actually made Martin Jones a worse goalie. Like it didn't just make him get scored on a lot. It actually hurt his fundamentals and everything because he's compensating for stuff. You know, Bennington. Just saying. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. A, a, a bad defense can actually make a goalie bad. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then it's hard for them to recover from that, I'm sure, because they build yep. up a lot of bad bad instincts and stuff like that. And uh, that's what I'm saying. To me, that's that probably happens a lot to quarterbacks in the NFL. And Tom Brady was just lucky to get thrust in the perfect situation on they the do. Patriots. So, and it's it's kind of easy to know when you know, like you know, the defensive coverage and stuff like that, because you you're still there. Yeah, it's so. also cheating. So. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Like situation. That too. Cheating. <laughs> there year. is that. Yeah. Oh, there is that. And oh. the Simpsons just made fun of Tom Brady too. So like they did uh they did like love stories and it was Castaway. So Quagmire is uh on a He's beach or whatever. Simpsons or Family Guy. Family, family Guy. That's the Simpsons. Oh, family I, guy. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure we were talking about the right thing. Okay, oh, yeah. you're good. They're, they're interchangeable nowadays. Uh, but yeah, fa- Family Guy. So yeah, Quagmire is ho- is like he's working for FedEx, and you know, obviously, it's a whole thing at Castaway. He's like, "What can I make a raft out of?" Oh, not these footballs that are made for Tom Brady, and they're deflated balls. And he throws them, <laughs> and they sink right away. And he goes, "That just like what I thought. They're gonna sink right to the bottom." Oh, I laugh so hard. I'm like, totally that's funny. Through. Totally through. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, I, I just like the uh, South Park one still that they made oh not God, long yeah. after. <laughs> yeah. Deuce the the <laughs> it was No, it was a different one, right? Or was that Stan and Deliver they were making fun of? Which is the one with the calculus? That one. I would have to probably like take a look at it because obviously oh, I've seen. It's the yeah, movie so. where this uh, teacher 
teaches all these like poor Hispanic kids calculus. Talking, I miss I I misinterpreted the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stand and deliver. Yeah. Yeah, stay and deliver. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But that's what I was saying. Yeah. It is that one where he's acting like Bill Belichick. I misinterpreted the rules. <laughs> How do I teach these kids? <laughs> <laughs> these kids. <laughs> okay. uh, all right. All right. Uh, let's, let's move on. Um, uh, who would like to go next on their Mount Rushmore of St. Louis sports heroes? I, I can just run through mine real quick if you want. All right. Um, go for it. I probably won't have like all the personal stories about like living next to all my, you know, heroes or like cool stories behind it, you know, but I'm not as cool as Josh though. So I actually, I actually cut it off because Scott Rowland did come into my dad's old business when he sold. I was going to say you all just like hung out with celebrities and like, mo- like living with them and like party well, with them. So, you know. I'm, I'm, hey, I, okay, fine. I will say I was there at Jack Buck's last birthday. Uh, at the old Bush stadium and literally got to go up to the old broadcast booth and have some birthday cake of his last birthday, uh, party. So that's cool. I do remember you telling me that story. That's pretty yeah. badass. Yeah. I actually got to, you know, get a, like he signed my hat and stuff. So it was cool. You know, Hey, that, that, and it, he wasn't technically on my Mount Rushmore, but I definitely did look up to, uh, to, been. you know, yeah, absolutely. It's going to say he was a, a, a St. Louis legend for sure. But yeah. anyway, that's about the coolest story I've got. <laughs> I don't have many. I will um, share this real quick about Roland. Uh, real quick, sorry. Sure, so, sure, go ahead. My dad's, uh, my dad's office where he sold like games, like you would see it like Dave and Buster. So he sold sold arcade games and stuff. And I'm in the back with my friend. We were, I was like, uh, we were doing something or whatever. Cause at the time I was kind of like working for my dad for like a summer quote unquote job. Cause I was, you know, not, I was not 16, I was 14. And my dad comes over and he goes, hey, you guys got to tell me what football player this is. And, you know, now the Ram players did come in. Like, you know, I remember helping Orlando Pace try to get into a driving game. Oh, my God. That was not fun because the dude is huge, right? <laughs> Anyways, um, and so I was like, you got to – who's this football player? So me and my buddy, we go up to the front, and I'm like, that ain't a football player. And I'm like, but he's huge. I'm like, he looks like a football player, but that's not, that's not a Ram. And then he turned around. I'm like, holy God, it. Like, the dude is massive. He's that's just awesome. a big – Corn-fed country boy. He's like six six, and you're like, Holy. but it was it was just a really funny story. Sorry. So, anyways, Adam. I, after I was gonna uh, say, and I, I uh, uh, what one other cool story for me? Not really a cool story. I ran into Rick Ankiel in a Pizza Hut one time. <laughs> I really did. I was like, who is that? I'm like, you look so familiar. I'm like, is that Rick Ankiel? And he was just standing there waiting to put in his, like, get his order at Pizza Hut. So anyway, I, had to, I got to meet him at Pizza Hut. So definitely not nearly as cool. Like I said, my my stories are lame. So, oh, well. Yeah, They're all surrounding food and players, though. Birthday cake and pizza. So there you go. The correlation here. Apparently. Uh, so I, uh, my four, I tried to, you know, be a little bit different. I tossed around a lot of names and whatnot. Um, I was really hung up on a couple for the, for the blues. Um, I was really tossing around uh, Brett Hull or Bernie Ferdeco. And so Ferdeco, sorry, I can't, can't say anything. Bernie Ferdeco. And I went with Bernie uh, just because, you know, he's had, he set so many team records and he scored, I think, over a thousand career points overall. I mean, he definitely, I think, has cemented his spot, especially in St. Louis history. 
Um, and definitely, you know, has his place in the hall, you know, the hall of fame as well. So I think for me, Bernie Ferdeco for Durko should definitely be on the Matt Rushmore for St. Louis. Um, for football, since, you know, I'm sorry, we have to talk about the Rams for a second. Uh, my apologies, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and not go with the popular decision of going with Kurt Warner. Instead, I went with Isaac Bruce because, you know, let's just face it. He was one of the most productive wide receivers in history. Um, he had more than a thousand receptions. He had more than 15,000 receiving yards and he caught 73 that 73 yard pass uh, in that uh, famous Super Bowl uh, that gave us the uh, the game winning lead as well. So that gave us the Lombardi trophy for the very first time. So I think Isaac Bruce definitely is a St. Louis hero. All right. On. Yep. And I, yeah, go ahead. I was saying I agree with that because I had him too. <laughs> nice. Nice. I was going to say no. he, he, if I'm going, if I'm thinking St. Louis, he definitely belongs there. Uh, I agree Mr. Too. Mr. St. Louis himself, Mr. Uh, Stan Musial. I don't think anybody that is a Cardinal fan would disagree with that because, you know, he is definitely one of my top spots for the man himself, Stan the man. Uh, I mean, the guy literally has won 24 all-stars. You know, he's been a 24-time all-star, uh, three world champions, and even a presidential Medal of Freedom honor as well. And, of course, his statue is right outside of Bush Stadium and it will be for the rest of all time. That guy is the epitome of baseball in St. Louis, in my opinion. Yeah. And to, not even to that, right. He's just an ambassador for baseball. Period. He is a hundred percent. He did a lot for young kids it, to like get involved in the baseball in the St. Louis area and stuff. I mean, very yeah, he humble was a guy, very humble won- guy. And you don't, they don't make him like Stan the man anymore. You know, he he was always seen at the at the ballpark and uh, he was always seen throughout town and he was always a very, very friendly guy. And like you said, stand up uh, baseball player, one of the best uh, we'll took, never see one like him again and took less money so they could sign a better team so they can win a win a championship. Yep. Just saying. Yep. Yep. So you see that very often anymore. You don't see that very often. You very, you are correct. And then my last one, I have the wizard himself, Ozzy Smith. Good uh, choice. Yep, good old <laughs> Ozzy Smith. I mean, he's one of the most beloved Redbirds, I think, of all time. He's 15-time All-Star, uh, 13-time Go Glover, uh, and then let's not. Rem- or I was going to say, don't forget the um, the famous. I was going to say we were talking about Jack Buck, the famous uh, call. And the uh, 85, which I was born in 85, the National League Championship Series, the NLCS game, where he was saying, go crazy, folks, go crazy with his uh, his home run that uh, won the game, sent us to the World Series. So that was that. Got to love Ozzy. I actually remember seeing Ozzy play. That, in fact, my very first game I went to as a kid, and I remember more than anybody Ozzy playing. And I was so excited to finally get to see him actually on the field and playing and um he was always a lot of fun. He was one of the best shortstops uh, we've ever seen. And yeah, I think he was a great choice for got, the, uh, the Mount Washmore for sure. I got one of his baseball or home runs baseballs downstairs in my basement. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And that's another guy I will say, along with Stan Musial, somebody who gives back to the community because he lives not very far from here, actually, in St. Albans. And he's always doing things for the community. In fact, I have so many signed baseballs from him because he was always doing um, 
uh, charity events and stuff and signing and doing appearances and whatnot. Even the little community that I grew up in, he literally came out there a few years ago and gave them the money and built a, st- uh, a ball field for them and played around, you know, actually played a game out there with them uh, out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and not for name recognition or anything, just because he wants to, you know, make baseball more accessible to people. And he was, he's just, uh, you know, a man of the people for sure. And uh, I think he's a stand-up guy. So uh, this this goes into the legend of Ozzy Smith. So, um, you know, when I was younger, I worked, uh, you know, when I was in college, I went to Webster University for a short period of time. And I did some uh, sports pod- or sport podcast, but a sport radio show uh, actually with OJ uh, over there as well. And one of the like things like during the the like uh, like off air times they would have is he has some random people and it was their whole catchphrase was Webster, uh, Webster, uh, the, the voice of or the Webster student voice, uh, galaxy radio. Right. And, uh, one of the guys uh, that was a known sports guy, um, at the, at the, the school was wanting to go into sports writing and stuff like that. He met Ozzy Smith at an autograph signing thing and said, Hey, would you, you know, like, what, could you say this for me? You know, mm-hmm. like, and Ozzy, uh, or so like the guy's like, nope, 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 get away. And Ozzy goes, whoa, whoa, hold on. He goes, hold on. What do you want me to say? And he's like, you know, just like, hey, this is the uh, the voice of Gal- uh, like the or student, uh, the Webster student voice of Galaxy Radio. Yeah. And he goes, if you can wait an hour and a half so I can get through this line, I will be there. And he goes, absolutely, I will stick around. So he waited, wow. and then Ozzy went right up to him afterwards, and then said that and talked to him a lot about like sports writing and stuff like that. Talked to him yeah. for over a half hour. That's so, awesome. like, and he got that. I mean, it's just yeah, that's how cool of a guy he was. Yeah, he is. He 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 is going to say he is an incredible guy, and like I said, he always made time for the fans and uh, never rushed us. I mean, there were all the times that I met him and got autographs from him, and you know, I remember going behind, like actually be able to go behind the table and like get pictures with him and everything. And he was always so chill about it. You know, he was always yeah. very very accommodating, and uh, you know, and not and on top of that, you know, he was a amazing shortstop uh, for us as well. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, the guy literally, <laughs> he won 13 gold gloves, uh, shortstop for the Redbirds. And, um, he also played for, uh, got to start uh, with one of your other favorite teams. And that was the Padres. So one of my other favorites, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Well, I thought you liked the Padres. Maybe not. I do. I do. I, I do. I like Fernando Tatis Jr. A lot. And, you know, they're kind of the lovable losers. So, you know, I much rather have them win than the Dodgers. That's for sure. Okay. So, no, you're 100. <laughs> percent Don't you feel bad for them? <laughs> like after, after this offseason, you go, dude, how the hell are you going to keep up, bro? <laughs> just, for years, you're like, man, like these guys are just spending a bunch of money, and now it's like, dude, uh, where's your paycheck, bro? Are you on food stamps? Like, why can't you pay for this? <laughs> what? Where is San Diego in relation to us, population-wise? Because I swear to God, they shouldn't be able to have such a higher payroll than ours. Like, <laughs> that's the only that problem I have. I was going to say, Diego, honestly, San Diego compared to our population, like San Diego population is 1.3 million and St. Louis Metro uh, population was like 2.2 million. So uh, I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. They're not like some massive market that can easily outspend us. Like we should be matching them at least. It's the ownership, you know what I mean? Like it's the willing to spend. But whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. All right, OJ. 
Uh, let's go ahead and hear your Mount Rushmore, and then we will do our comparison for it. Okay. So uh, let's see now. I guess I'll start with uh, – I got to still agree with Stan Musial, I suppose. Uh, that's pretty hard to uh, ignore if you're against – Yeah, he's the man, you know. Basically mm-hmm. the St. Louis sports guy. <laughs> you can't of, – of all sports, he's the most famous one probably – or the one that represents St. Louis the most, I believe. No doubt. Uh, so I'll go Stan Musial. Glad we agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say Isaac Bruce, and my reasoning for it was just because I remember having him and him being a studly wide receiver. And even as like a small child, I was worried about him what, like requ- demanding a trade or something. You know what I mean? I'm like yeah. seven years old. I'm like, oh, he's going to demand off this team. <laughs> it was so bad. He's too good to stay here. Yeah. But now you, you know, he, he did it with a smile and, you know, well, I, I assume some of the time at least, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he took it like a man and he, he didn't try and just bolt for the door as soon as he could. And that was something I always appreciated about him, yep. you know, on top of being an incredible wide receiver, obviously. Um, but yeah, so then I guess instead of saying Isaac Bruce though, I'll go with uh, the guy that made Isaac Bruce's favorite catch, Ricky Prohl. The hey, guy that, Prohl. There you go. You got to go with Ricky Prohl, dude. I mean, don't even mm. get to the Super Bowl without it. So yeah. that's a good one there. Uh, let's see now. And we had a great uh, – it, it, for any of the listeners, if you haven't talked or if you uh, haven't listened to the last session, so session seven, we actually talked about Ricky Prohl, and I, I have a story about him as well. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> I was gonna say he was your other neighbor. Yeah. He lived on the other side of you. <laughs> you and Ricky Pro, they all yeah. they all got together. There you go. Yeah. Had a big party. <laughs> and, and I was gonna say in, in Stanley Musial, he lived across the street. I, I, you know, uh, did go to high school with uh, Stan the Man's grandson, so <laughs> I met okay, Stan a couple times. There you go. Yeah, and I, yeah, <laughs> by the way, I did meet Ozzy Smith once. It's when I was working at Taco Bell, running the drive-thru, and he bought, like, one half-pound beef combo burrito. You remember those, Josh? Oh, yeah. I totally remember those, Dan. Yeah. Anyway, he bought one of those, like, minus the beans or something. I don't don't remember. There was some modification with it. But I was like, oh, if he pays with card, I'm going to have him sign the receipt. I'm going to keep it. (laughs) And he paid with cash. Yeah. Did you keep did you keep the twenty dollar bill at least? You say, well, this is obvious. Can, can you sign yeah. this at least, and then I'll keep it, and then I'll just put twenty back in the in the cash register of my own. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I wasn't working that day. That's pretty. Or I no, might have not been at Taco Bell the time. Not, that's funny. I think that might have been after you left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. Um, so I did see him, and uh, awesome. let's see. For my Hall of Fame or Mount Rushmore, whatever, uh, for hockey, probably, I guess Bobby Plager, because, mm, yeah, like, St. Louis Blues players seem to love that guy, and obviously, he was a pretty good player himself, a big part of the franchise, and, yeah, you know, he stuck around and carried the tradition on, which is something I always like to see, like, you know, kind of like what Bob Gibson would do and all that. Yeah, and I got uh, some stories about Bobby Plager. Let me tell you, I won't, I won't get into them now. But man, when oh, I, I think I, I remember hearing one of them all the time. Yeah, yeah for I've sure. Heard one he of was, them for sure. 
he is such a like he was underrated funny man he was so damn funny and he was just such a down-to-earth guy. He would talk to everybody. He talked talk to concession stand people and everything. He was yeah. such a great guy. I remember yeah. uh, I, we, used to, I, we used to work with somebody, and I remember she always talks about how the time she ran into him at the gas station, and he just wouldn't stop, and he was just rolling with the punches and all these jokes and stuff. And, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. He literally talked to everybody. You're right. He was one of those yeah. very well-connected, you know, kind of – that's the thing is like whenever we think of St. Louis sports legends, they always were generally like very good down to earth people and they're, you know, very personable and, you know, they weren't stuck up or, or you know, all about themselves. They weren't uh, they weren't like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. So. No one, yeah, no one's like, oh, man, I really, you know. Put Terrell Owens on Dallas's Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess my last one would be Bob Gibson, kind of sticking yeah. the team. Uh, yeah, changed literally changed the game. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, he did because they had to they had to change the uh, the mound. Yeah, uh, the height of the mound, didn't they? Because of Bob Gibson, uh, yeah. Yeah. literally because of him. Yeah, he was so dominant yeah. that pitchers he was the batters couldn't hit to get them. Yep. And, and you yeah, know, the guy was amazing. You know, it's one of those. He also did like what I was talking about before, where he would always stick around. Like him and Bobby Plager and those kind of guys seem to like be aware that they're the custodians of a legacy. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. it's extra special. Like they're extra special, I guess is what I should say. So, yeah, for sure. They have that extra piece in them that, that to correlate with the city. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, if you didn't know, Bob Gibson actually played for the Harlem Globe Globetrotters uh, briefly as well back in the day. <laughs> in case you didn't know that, he actually did. Guy, I just, mean, actually, you're gonna tell me that he got you know won the World Cup with Brazil. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just interesting uh, tidbit. In case you didn't, I know. did not know that. I did hear though that he is he was a fantastic uh, basketball player, and that yeah. he was also very good at golf too, from what I heard. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty funny. Yeah, most of those professional athletes are. Yeah, they're just athletic. You know what I mean? Period. Yeah, they do whatever thing they do. I remember the. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad that he. Uh, oh god. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm just saying I just, I'm just glad that he gave up his Globetrotters uh, career and and decided to come to baseball and you know literally change the game and especially mm-hmm. for the Cardinals. So, um, yeah. Yep. So great, great move, Bob. <laughs> Great, great job, Gibby. Yeah, yep. Speaking of uh, these athletic guys just being athletic during the Winter Classic, when they did the uh, like the celebrity game uh, mm-hmm. against w- with some of the players, like Jim Emmons uh, was on like the celebrity team, right? Jim Emmons had been on the ice maybe five times beforehand, mm-hmm. and Jim, but and it was so funny. Someone was giving him trouble, like Jim, are you going to be able to do this? And he's like, Oh, I can skate or whatever. Now, obviously, he was not great. But I can tell you that he was probably better than 95 percent of the population out there. Like it was just because he was he had the sense of balance, you know what I mean? Like, but it was pretty impressive. I was like, wow, like I didn't think that he could skate the as well as he was skating. And he played pretty mm-hmm. decent, you know, not great, obviously, but it was pretty good. It was pretty cool to see that. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Uh so let's compare um man, because these are so like there's so many good names from this list that you can say that really is going to be the Mount Rushmore of St. Louis fans, right? So if we have to combine our list to just four, 
<clears throat> and that's it. You know, honestly, like, love Dexter. Well, we had some overlap there. We both had, uh, yeah. I say, OJ and I both had Stan, Stan the Man there. So yeah. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and, and uh, I, say, I think he should be on that Mount Rushmore. Yeah. He's indisputable, sure. in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and to me, I think Plager also has to be on that list. I don't know about you guys, but like, for sure, he just like he literally was the the epitome of Blues hockey. You know yeah, what I mean? he like, was. He literally was everything for Blues hockey, even was, you know, yeah. in after career. So I really I think that Plager's got to be on there. OJ, would you agree with that? Yes, I do. Huge loss for sure. Whenever we lost him a couple years back, okay. so. that hurt, man. Like that was uh, horrible, you, man. That was, uh, you know, it wasn't like losing Stan Lee for me personally, but it was, you know, it was up there in one of like the, you know, celebrity deaths and you're just like, oh my no God, doubt. like yeah. hit hard. That really know? hit hard for sure. Yeah. I remember when it, there was a few years ago, we had a Gretzky scare and I lost my ish, man. And then it turned out to be kind of a hoax. I was like, oh my God, like I was, I was really worked up, you know, because he is a gonna say. big hero of mine. But yeah, I didn't choose him for this because. I felt there was two other hockey players that were better suited for that role, but yeah, Gretzky is. Yeah, here like, I was gonna say yeah, it exactly. was short-lived in St. Louis per se, so you know while yeah, he would be on your overall Mount Rushmore, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, Louis, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah we gotta let Edmonton have him, I think. Yeah, yeah and for sure. I mean, te- for sure. Technically speaking, I mean, he is a St. Louis resident now, especially that uh, his wife, I think Janet, right? So he's her from name. St. Yeah, Louis. She's from St. Louis as well. So we at least have St. Louis ties. And so there you go. He's yep. got his blues card. <laughs> yep, exactly. Nice. So, all right. So we look at this. We have uh, for Durko, we have Isaac Bruce, we have yep. Ozzy Smith, Ricky Prohl. Uh, Bob Gibson, and then you have uh, Dexter McLeon, TJ Oshie, Paul Correa, and Scott Rowland. So I will go ahead and say that for sure, Dexter McLeon, I love you, Dexter, but he, he's probably not on this list, right? Um, yeah. And definitely probably not Paul Correa either, because uh, again, those are personal. Probably not Oshie too, compared to like for Durko. Um, so I think that all my four are probably off the table. If you know, I mean, the only one I can say say is maybe Scott Rowland, but really, like comparing him to like Stan Muser or Ozzy Smith, for example, mm, there's no way, no yeah. comparison. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we picked like old classics, and you were picking more recent stuff that maybe well, was yeah, like, and more personal as well. Yeah, just like, yeah, that's the reason why yeah, they're personal yeah. to me. For you know sure, I mean? yeah, for sure, yeah, and they could be on your Mount Rushmore for say. Uh, for sure, yeah, absolutely. And if we're looking at building one for the city of St. Louis, obviously exactly. we're going to recognize the uh, the the players that we as a city, uh, you know, look up to and represent St. Louis, you know, and the Stan Musials and you know the Ozzy Smiths out of the day, you know, they they literally, you know, like when you think of St. Louis uh, players, you know, you think of those. You know, those guys for sure. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They represented the city very well. So. Yes, exactly. So let's. uh. So you both have Isaac Bruce. Do you think that he would be on that uh, that list? Because um, so here's the thing. Here's who we have left. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have Bob Gibson, Ricky Prohl, Ozzy Smith, Isaac Bruce and Bernie Federico. Literally the who's who. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Man, because, yeah, the next one that I – oh, I don't know. 
That's tough. If I have an opinion, I really believe that Ozzy Smith has got to be on this list. I would say because I mean he is a legend, um, and I think he has to be on there. That's the reason why I put him on my list because those guys are legends. So I would say Ozzy. It's really hard to compare him to you know Bob Gibson because they both so much, but I think Ozzy Smith has had much more of a. You don't even have to be a baseball fan, especially in St. Louis, to know who Ozzy Smith is and what he gave to this city. You know what I mean? You don't even have to be a baseball fan. Everybody knows if you say Ozzy Smith, everybody knows who Ozzy Smith is and what he and what he is and what he's represented. So, you know. Yeah, it's definitely pretty hard to choose there. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, like we have. Uh, what five names and you only have two spots left, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I, I, I 100% believe that stay in the man and play your have to be on this, right? Because I, I think yep. that they just transcended the sport for so much, you know what I mean? They're, they're literally the ambassadors of the team outside of St. Louis area and for the young players coming in from both sides, for sure. I'm honestly kind of wanting to put Ozzy and Gibson on there, <laughs> like. But I don't know. Maybe that's too many Cardinals players. Well, we are a baseball uh, town, you know, so Cardinals have existed. since. I, that's I mean, that the reason why I wanted <laughs> to throw a little bit of football in there is because, you know, we did have a little run there for a while. And I mentioned Isaac Bruce just because he was, you know, one of the most, you know, one of the better wide receivers in, in you know, in, in uh, NFL history. So and help bring us the. The, uh, the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. So that's yeah, reason I mentioned all, him, but he may not be St. Mr. St. Louis for everybody though. But you know. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the. I mean, I don't know because he is like, to me, he's basically a. He's definitely a St. Louis sports guy. Like, yeah, I sure. think he might have been on Rams for like a little bit while they're in the in LA still. Am I right on that? But I mean, I think so. You don't think so? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Look it up, yeah. But either way, like <clears throat> to me, you know, I it's hard to say just because I don't know what the Rams had going on. I just remember uh, how Bob he must have played. I think apparently he was drafted in the second round in '94 to the LA Rams, so he was there for just a very, very, very like I think he was just there um, for like. One season, and that was it. And then, he, of course, they we moved to St. Louis in '95, so he was barely there. Yeah. So, and, and he pretty much yeah. got his start here for the most part. I yeah, mean, I was realist- say he realistically. There. I mean, he had 21 receptions. Um, yeah, he didn't really start. So he was technically drafted there, but he didn't really make a start there. He made a yeah. start here in uh, in St. Louis, and then eventually went to San Francisco for the last two years. Yeah, yeah for the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> But actually, he retired technically as a Ram because um, they traded him back at the very end. Yep. As the that's definitely something that made sense to do. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, trading him, sending him to San Francisco is so bad. I hated that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. So, uh, okay. So again, we got these five names. I think that we're kind of in agreement that Ozzy Smith should probably be the least mm-hmm. on this list, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. So we have what three now? Oh, yeah, we got th- three. Uh, OJ, do you agree that Ozzy Smith should be on this list? Yeah, I'm definitely not going to say no to Ozzy Smith. Yeah. So I personally we, might put Gibbs above him though. 
That's so, again, we're not we're, we're not ranking, right? So it, this we're is just like the top. The mountain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We only got one spot left. So okay, the, you know, listen, I I I'm, I'm fine with Gibson then, honestly, because like as a you know as a guy that pitched a lot like in younger years, I appreciated Gibson a lot. Um, around that time, again, just how intimidating he was on the mound, the way that he presented himself, he would the way he would walk off the non-existent mound. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like the way that he would walk off. I mean, the dude was just flat out intimidating. Like there's just no there's no other way around it. So I'm perfectly okay with giving Gibson this last one. Adam, what's your uh, take? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the guy literally changed the game and he uh, I mean, I mean, he's he I think he's had what three or four championships with us. He's won the Cy Young a couple times. I mean, he's incredible. He was one of the best pitchers you know, of his time. I mean, he was at the time he was one of the best, absolutely. And still yeah. would be in my, my opinion, one of the best. So, and that, you know, and he had a lot of funny, uh, you know, he had a lot of good sayings, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I guess, what was the story? It was like Tim McCarver would come out to the mound, I think. And he said, Tim, the only thing you know about pitching is you can't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that so the the I would say the the Mount Rushmore that we put of St. Louis sports legends and sports heroes, Stan the Man, Bobby Plager, Ozzy Smith, Bob Gibson. That is a hell of a who's who when it comes to St. Louis sports. Yeah. And we're really gonna put it a second Mount Rushmore, honestly. Well, you can always expand it later. That's for sure. Exactly. You know what? How about this? How about this? How about this? I'm gonna put it out there to any of the listeners. Um, go ahead and send us any of the your Mount Rushmore so we can debate that as well. And should we make a second Mount Rushmore? Should we include somebody else and everything? So I'm going to put that out to the listeners. This is let's say this is an active thing that we can talk about later on different sessions, because I think it, it, it definitely is room for debate on this for sure. For sure. Yeah. No doubt. Alrighty. Well, uh, guys, that was a lot of fun. And I think it's very insightful to see, like, again, and how these these people have, you know, influenced uh, our, our lives personally, but also too, just in the St. Louis sports scene period. Right. Um, you know, every single one of these names, I can remember a moment for that player. You know what I mean? And what they yeah. meant. Some of them is something like Stan the Man, obviously after um, his playing time. But I have a memory Oh, stand the man, you know, like during the the parade and or not the parade of the um uh, home openers and uh, stuff like that, you know, opening day and stuff like that. Um, so I, I really do believe that every single one of these uh, these players are deserving of some sort of accolades to it. You know what I mean? Right. I agree for sure. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, let's just change gears here for a second um so getting off of uh talking about the st louis legends um i just wanted to highlight real quick uh since you know 2023 just began um obviously pretty soon the cardinals will be reporting for uh spring training believe it or not uh but we actually have some activity currently going on um for two new teams that are getting ready to join us uh starting Actually, I think next month or in, I think, yeah, next month, technically, um, St. Louis City SC and also the Battlehawks, Kaka, will be oh. rejoining us as well. 
looking forward to both of them. And so uh, actually, I think it was yesterday uh, they actually kicked off um, with uh, some practice and whatnot and, and some drills for St. Louis City SC. Uh, local, it looks like we have our rosters filled. The weather was decent for them this up to this point. Obviously, the weather has gotten worse today, but yeah. uh, they were able to take the field. Looking forward to that. Uh, and then from the perspective of the XFL, they're actually all grouped now. All of the the uh, the teams are down in Arlington, so Dallas Fort Worth area. If you're not familiar, and they are uh, actually using. Um, a few of the stadiums that are actually like high school stadiums in the area as actually practice facilities um, for the upcoming season. So um, they're going to be down there doing some practicing. And then I think our season kicks off, I think on the 19th of February. So about a month from now. Um, And then they'll be coming back here eventually in March and having our first uh, home opener in March. Uh, at one week four. So I just wanted to make note that um, things are heating up pretty soon. We're going to yeah. have fo- football on the XFL and side. Football. We're going to have soccer <laughs> and we're going to have soccer and we're, and we're going to have baseball again uh, because I'm sure the pitchers will be reporting to uh, Jupiter here shortly as well. I cannot wait, dude. I'm stoked. Like I'm honestly stoked to see Jordan Walker this year. Yep. We're going to have some, I think, I think the Cardinals might have a solid squad this year. I think so, too. I mean, like I'm getting more and more excited about it as things get closer and closer. As you said, OJ, it's going to be interesting to see how spring training goes for Jordan Walker and even Mason Wynn, because it sounds like he will get an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Most likely not going to be brought up, but definitely for Jordan Walker. I don't know. It's going to be cool. And if things keep going at the hype train, keeps going. Maybe we'll even do a a broadcast session from the game or something like that. That'd be fun. (laughs) That'd be interesting. But we could do something like that. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool, um, but yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely excited for that too. And as you said, Adam, you know, we uh, got off the old legends, maybe some new legends coming in for uh, the Battle Hawks and for the St. Louis Soccer Club. Absolutely. Too. So I'm um, looking forward to it. I'm I'm excited to actually have some football back uh, in St. Louis again. Hopefully, this time sticks around and we don't have another pandemic that just completely destroys it again. So. <laughs> For XFL, let's please, for the love of God, not have another pandemic. (laughs) Well, that's true, but it really disappointed me because I only got to go to one game in 2020, and I had so much fun. I we were all so excited. Uh, We were literally getting ready to fill the upper deck at the dome, and then the whole damn thing got canceled. But I will report. um, I had just seen some uh, some numbers recently. And I think it was around, what was it, 90? What was it, Josh? 90 to 95%? I think it was 90%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was 92 of, to 95, yeah. Yeah, 92 to 95% of the lower dome or the lower bowl of the dome have sold out to the season ticket holders uh, for the Battle Hawks. So, I, and I actually just pulled it up the other day on Ticketmaster. And there are very few seats available in the lower dome and the lower bowl now. Those are the only ones that were technically for sale. And they're actually up for um, season or I'm sorry, for single uh, ticket uh, purchases now as well. So I'm sure that they will quickly sell out. So everybody out there, buy your tickets. They're cheap. Support the Battle Hawks. Um, Let's fill up the upper the upper uh, the upper bowl. Just do it. Just do it. Can't wait. All right. 
it's so special. Go ahead. Go ahead, OJ. Well, you guys want to go over that team a little bit, who they got? Well, we kind of did a little bit, but the thing about it is, like, a lot of the names that you're going to see, like, they don't really – they don't have much experience because it's a lot of, like, practice squad people and stuff like that. So, like, last session, I kind of highlighted some of the bigger names um, that were there. And really, it was obviously A.J. McCarron at the quarterback Mm -hmm. position. Um, And and truthfully, the only one else that kind of stood out to me was Ricky Prohl's son. Um, because like none of them, and that's the whole thing about the XFL, you know what I mean? Like if they had some true play, like experience, they would still be in the NFL or they would be retired. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's difficult, but we might be able to do that next session is actually like do a full, like investigative view if so to speak of the XFL. We could definitely do that for the next session if you would like. Yeah. Maybe we could take a look at it and see. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I haven't really done a, d- a deep dive on them or uh, on. Yeah, because uh, that's that's the unfortunate thing is just finding stats on these players. You're probably going to have to go to college. You know what I mean? Probably and then so. It's comparing right, it's comparing the college game to how they were in college to, um, you know, like how that would translate to the XFL and stuff like that. And that's the other thing is we don't know what the XFL level is going to be like, but we can compare it to what it was in the the 2020 season. Yeah, we'll have an analysis next week. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and speaking of football, um, let's go ahead, Adam, and let's talk about our uh, NFL predictions here. Coming into the playoffs now, now that we know what's going to happen here, a few things did change uh, since the last session that we talked about, and like some seedings uh, changed out. But I want to play a game with you, Adam. Uh, it sounded like Jigsaw, and that sounded a little weird. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that sounded slightly demented. Uh, I'm hoping that it doesn't require uh, a hacksaws or. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You're I don't cut have to off cut off leg. my cut off my leg or anything. That's good. I hope not. Good. All right. So what we're gonna do here is we're gonna do uh, some. Uh, we're gonna do, uh, pretty much fill out a bracket, right? But essentially, the way that we do this is in the first round, if you get it correct, you get one point. In the second round, you get two points for the, uh, if you guess correctly, three points, and so on, and so forth. Right? I okay. think this is gonna be fun. Um, for us, because again, for if you if for any of our listeners that were not on the last session or didn't listen to the last session, um, the loser has got to buy the winner a beer every single home game for the Battle Hawks. And I cannot wait to get my free beer, baby. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm excited. I am excited. <laughs> well, I'm glad that the Battle Hawks are probably going to charge a lot less for beer than. Uh... <laughs> Than probably yeah. the other uh, sports venues in the area. So you are not lying. Yet. There you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into the playoffs here. Just talk about a little bit about it before getting I guess get into it. So Miami does sneak in. That is a change. We had New England at the number seven seed. That was what they were projecting to. But Miami is actually the one that sneaks in there. Um, and let's see. And really, the only other one is Green Bay, who I thought was going to be. In the uh, NFC seven seed, it's still San Fr- or excuse me, it's still uh, Seattle Seahawks, um, as Green Bay could not beat the Detroit Lions. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just, listen, I love me some Aaron Rodgers, but he needs to just retire at this point, man. He's looking old, long-haired, and just done. Um, <laughs> Pretty it much. really is. So, all right, let's Very go sad. ahead and get through this real quick. So, the first game that we got, we'll start with the AFC, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, we'll go with you all for okay. weekend this weekend, so... Yeah. So and what we'll do is, uh, Adam, we'll alternate. Um, 
we will uh, we'll alternate um, like who gets to choose first and you know whatever happens because you can okay. if you want to be strategic about it. Um, and I'll give you the option. Would you like to go first on the pick or would you like to go second on the pick? Uh, I'll go second. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's go through the first game here. So Miami, the number seven at the Bills for uh, which are obviously the number two seed. Um, okay. I got the Bills for this one. I just don't think that Miami is going to be able to keep up with them. It really does depend on Tula Tagovailoa if he's able to play. It does not look like he's training to play, um, which really means that Miami's in in the world of jeopardy. That being said, too, even if Tula does play and they have their full offense on display, Miami uh, doesn't play defense very well. So I really, when going up against that potent Bills offense, I I don't see this happening at all. So I got I got the Buffalo Bills. Um, I also have the Bills as well. Um, it looks like uh, I was reading that uh, the Dolphins were going to be starting uh, Skylar Thompson as uh, quarterback okay, against so the Bills. Is, okay. Yeah, That's what I, I figured I was that reading. was going to be. Yeah, I from the last report that I read is they haven't ruled who uh, completely out, but I'm like, mm, how the hell can you not? You know, what yeah, I mean? especially I, now. I would think that it's probably going to be Skylar uh, Thompson is going to be in. Right. And so uh, the second game here, and uh, I'll go first in this one, is we have the Ravens at the Bengals. This is a rivalry game. Um, very excited. And it's a repeat of the last game they just played. Um, which, by the way, uh, and you, uh, I can't remember. I should know this. Oh, Mixon. Joe Mixon, the, the running back yes. for, the, for the Bengals. When he, when Bengals, he flipped yep. that court. When he flipped the coin in yep. the end zone after this, yeah. oh my god, that was awesome. like <laughs> And of course, he got fined for it, but I I thought oh, it was yeah. pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So so and yeah. it is super funny. So I, I thankfully read didn't a, go to that. You know, have to get I, to that I read, point. But I read in a forum in Cincinnati that they're literally taking up a GoFundMe in quarters to send to the NFL to pay his fine. Oh man, how awesome That's is that? Funny. Like, please do this. That would be so awesome. Like, oh, my God, I, hope I hope that happens. That's um, funny as hell. So, you know, I, last uh, last session, um, I talked a lot about um, that. I believe the Ravens are going to be able to beat the Bengals. Um, it does not look like Lamar is going to play in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, so I have flipped. I'm going with Bengals at this point. Yeah, I was going to say Lamar's been out for I don't know how long. He's been out for over a month, I know. And he continues to be out. Um, he's going to say the Ravens just don't have it. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, it's it's going to clearly be Cincinnati winning this game, I think, hands down. I mean, I don't really think it's going to be a question. Okay, so we are uh, the same with Bills and the Bengals. Going into uh, the third game, uh, the AFC side, we have the Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville, as, as Adam, you and I watched the game, barely pulled off the game against the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South. But let's go Duval, right? Um, yep. yep. However, um, you know, they, they didn't look great offensively. Chargers, though, do have some injuries on the defensive side and the mm-hmm. offensive side. It'd be very interesting going for this. Um, so, oh, you know what? And I just realized, too, that uh, you chose – I chose first in the in the prior two. So, you know what? That's fine. For the AFC, I'll choose first, and you choose uh, you choose first in the NFC, if that's, that's fair. That's fine. Sure. Okay, cool. So, I'll go with this. <clears throat> I'm sorry to my family down in, in Duval, in Jacksonville here. Uh, I'm going with the Chargers. I just – with, with Herbert playing the way he has been playing, I've shown it in late games. If this game doesn't get away from them, 
I believe the Chargers are going to be able to pull it off, and I don't think the game's going to get away from them, especially after seeing what they did with Tennessee. So uh, I'm I'm going with the Chargers. It hurts me. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville pulls this off, but I'm going with the Chargers. Well, I I have to say, uh, boo on the uh, Chargers uh, last week. Yo, Brandon Staley, he uh, he, he left uh, Herbert in and ended up getting uh, hurt. Um, he definitely made some, uh, very poor decisions in my opinion in last week's, uh, game. I, uh, I was going with Jacksonville. I think we were talking about this before, even though I think the chargers probably would, I'm going to go with the Jaguars, uh, winning this one. It's a good choice. I mean, honestly, my heart's there. My head just telling me to go with the Chargers. And your family will appreciate that as well down there. So. Yeah, they'll, they'll maybe they'll adopt you. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, pretty much that's how it works for me and my family. So at least now I have a new home. At least, guys, if I ever need to go down to Florida now, at least I have a place to stay. So it may just and cost I me won't. a beer. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> it may cost yeah, me a beer, cost but, at least a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I have a place to stay in Jacksonville. So that there is you true. Go. That is true. <laughs> totally okay. worth it. Anyway. All right. Okay, so let's uh, – let's transition to the NFC here um, and go with the first round there. So the first game we have is the Seahawks uh, in the number yep. seven seed at San Francisco at the number two seed. Um, you know, last week was a do or die moment for Seahawks. They did step up. Obviously uh, San Francisco has looked good under the mystery relevant with Purdy. Um, and there's been a lot of talks about that, about the backup rookie coming in and trying to lead a team into the uh, into the Super Bowl. It's been done before, um, you know, Tom Brady, for example, stuff like that. But it is not uh, a very commonplace thing. So going to be interesting for sure. Um, but they're at home. They've been the better team as well. Um, that's kind of like the consensus. Adam, uh, what is your pick here for this game? I'm going uh, with this one. I have to go with the 49ers. Um, I think from what I've seen, um, the Seahawks are giving up, I think they're second most in giving up, um, in, you know, giving up, um, yardage than after the catch than any other team. So I think that the 49ers, uh, in my opinion, are going to win this one. Not only that too, I think that they're really hurt. Uh, this is Seattle is really hurting on the defensive line and San Francisco has been able to run the ball season long. So I think they're going to run to set up that pass, as you said, and they're just yeah. going to run on that side so yeah I really their defense that, yeah their defense the 49ers defense is definitely something to be uh reckoned with you know they've uh they're they're definitely pretty solid so um I, I think they're i think they're tied with the steelers as far as uh intercepted passes overall so far this season with 20 so um yeah i'm yeah, going with 49ers yep and yeah what are you going to go with I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. Um, okay. You know, like the Seahawks, I, I think it's going to be a closer game because it, it's another div- divisional rivalry. A lot of people, I think the under over, or not the under over, excuse me, the spread right now is San Francisco um, mm-hmm. minus, I think like 13. I don't think it's going to be that, but I do believe this is is going to be a game where San Francisco, I think it's going to be close. And I would not be surprised if Seattle's in the lead going into the locker room at halftime. However, I think the third and fourth quarter are going to belong to San Francisco, specifically the fourth quarter. Um, we'll see, but I, I believe that San Francisco is going to win this game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the second game that we have is the giants, um, the 60 at Minnesota here. Um, both teams have been kind of mm. hitting some higher notes and stuff like that. The giants though did not look very good on week 18. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, they're very, only two, five and one in the second half of the season. So it's pretty rough for them. Yeah. And to the defense, they are taking on some of the better teams in the NFC of the Eagles and the Cowboys. I believe out of those like six games, I believe they faced them three or four times. So that is like, I understand that, but if you want to be able to win it all, you got to beat the best teams. Right. So yeah. that, uh, you know, that definitely is a, a point of argument. So out of this here, the giants at Minnesota, who do you have Adam? That's I think it's going to be a really close game, honestly, uh, between the two. I'm going to go with the Vikings here. Going with Minnesota. All right. Yeah. yeah. I am actually, uh, I think I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game, but I believe this is going to be one of the bigger upsets of the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Giants. I think okay. the Giants are going to be able to sneak it um, and be able to beat Minnesota. Minnesota has not looked themselves. And for whatever reason, I just have I have a weird feeling that uh, that Justin Jefferson is going to have a monster game, mm-hmm. but is going to have like a fumble or like some sort of mistake or they're like Kirk Cousins is going to try to force the ball to him and it's going to end up leading to a pick six and that's going to seal their fate. Um, I, I really believe that is uh, potentially could happen here, but I I'm going to make another bold statement around this that has nothing to do with the playoffs. I believe the Giants and Minnesota Vikings. This is going to start a new rivalry between these two teams. I think it's going to be one of those team. Uh, it's going to be one of those uh, games that, they're, that the NFL is going to look to consistently schedule to have a rivalry. It's going to be one of those down and dirty, gr- like grimy games. I, I just have a feeling for whatever reason about this game specifically. So. All well, right. Either way, I think between the two, I, I don't think uh, whoever advances will be advancing very far. So. Yep. Uh, well, well, let's say uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure uh, I was going to say, I think they both have a pretty much a negative point differential between the two. So just saying they do. Yeah, yeah pretty bad. Um, all right. So the third game in the NFC, we have Dallas at Tampa Bay. Ooh. This is actually a little bit of a rivalry now. Yeah, because um, we, we saw this last year, the first yeah. game of the season and some questionable calls led to Tampa Bay winning that Tampa Bay is back in the playoffs. Even though I think what they're nine and eight or eight nine, like, yep. or no, they're eight yep. nine. They're eight nine because they lost. Um, yeah. yeah. So like, and Dallas has been on a rise. They had a chance to win it. Um, and you know, if Eagles would have lost last week, then they could have potentially had the number one overall seed. Well, they fall to the number, uh, excuse me, number five overall seed. But they also got their butts kicked last week. They did. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm not necessarily. I mean, really, on paper, this shouldn't really be that big of a matchup, you know. But well, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Yeah. And the Cowboys are what? Twelve and five. Twelve and five. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. So da- who do you got? Da- I was gonna say Dax. He's thrown eleven interception the past seven games. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. <sighs> man this is i'm gonna god i really don't want to say this but You're you know what i'm gonna pick. i'm gonna go with the cowboys i'm, All I'm right, gonna so go with the upset i think i'm gonna go with the cowboys here do you flip-flop and go with the cowboys i think i am yeah well, i want partner. an upset here i'm gonna call an upset here the uh this town ain't big enough for the both of us because i'm also going to cowboys all right, all right. Uh, i i do believe and honestly uh adam i don't believe this is going to be a close game i think that um i think that dallas is going to get to tom brady early i think tom brady is going to make some mistakes and i really believe another bold prediction but i believe this is the second to last or last year for tom brady i really a lot of people are talking about that he's going to play like he might even leave tampa bay and go somewhere maybe, else maybe he'll retire and then come back again and he'll just 
keep doing that year after year. Huh? Yeah. Okay, Michael Jordan, like I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I was gonna but, say, when does he change sports then? Yeah. yeah well, he's got he's gonna go try to play golf or something. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's gonna start playing baseball next or what? Yeah. I tell you, um, again, I just don't believe that the Tampa Bay team is as good as what they have been before. Um, we'll have to see kind of obviously how things go. Right. But it's mm-hmm. it, for, regardless, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. So, yeah. well, that's getting us all the way through uh, then for the uh, the wild card weekend. then. so I guess we're Correct. moving yeah. on then to the. Uh, the divisional round, I guess, huh? The divisional round, yeah. The and, Chiefs. Uh, we only have two different. Uh, we have two different uh, differences um, in the uh, one in the AFC, one in the NFC. So definitely different uh, for sure. Um, but I think that you know this is it's going to be fun because these are both both of the games that we d- differed on, right? Mm-hmm. I really believe are going to be games that are like very close you know what i mean Agreed. and i really believe can kind of go either way yeah, it could go either um, way yep yeah um we'll see how it goes yeah okay well i will go ahead and start since it's in the nfc or the afc excuse me and then we'll go back to the uh the nfc here so i have the Ch- uh, chiefs versus the Chargers. you have the chiefs versus the jacksonville jaguars so the Chiefs obviously are the number uh, number one offensive team. They have the, the what's most likely going to be uh, the MVP in Patrick Mahomes. He's been phenomenal. But most people seem to forget also too that they have the second best pass rushing team. Uh, they lead or uh, they they have the second most amount of sacks, and they also have uh, their like a few ticks behind the Eagles in the second uh, pass uh, pass rush uh, win percentage. Um, they have done a phenomenal job. If they go up against the Chargers, which is my prediction, um, that's another rivalry game. And, dude, how many times have you seen it where it's, like, within a field goal? For the past three games, it's, like, mm-hmm. one sport games or overtime, like, to, to decide it. it. This is – it's such a difficult one to, to go off of and to decide. But I got to go with the Chiefs. I mean, I, I think to. the Chiefs are going to – they're going to win this one um, – you know, they've already beat the Chargers twice. The the Chargers are a little bit more beat up as well. Um, and I think that being at home in the playoff atmosphere and everything, I really just believe that it's going to be uh it's gonna be Chiefs all the way there. Yeah. yeah. And I have and, the Chiefs also winning as well over Jacksonville. Um I think that's no comparison. Sorry, but uh you know, we've got uh, we've got Juju, we got Kelsey, we've got Mahomes. And we're being led by Andy Reid, who has been uh, looking at some stats here. He's 28 and 6. 28 and 6 since we've had Andy Reid. There you go. Yeah, and that's just a ridiculous record. You know what I mean? So I I, I do believe that, um, you know, that that experience also comes into it. A lot of people might say, and there's not that much experience that comes into it or experience is overrated. I, I, I disagree 100%. So. All right, uh, we got you down for the Chiefs as well. Chiefs. Now, we both, we both agreed that it's going to come down to the Bills versus the Bengals, the game that should have been. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say the the rematch, per se, only yeah, this one will be a little bit different different situation here, obviously. Yeah, the, we're going to call this the – that was the prequel, so this is the first game. I guess um, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, if everything plays out, it will be the Bengals at the Bills, um, which is going to be interesting for sure. Listen, the Bengals are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They had something to prove last week against the Ravens, um, and they looked very good. The Bills, 
did not look as good as I thought they were going to. We talked about this last session. I thought they were going to beat the absolute living hell. Out well, of they the came game. out of the gate strong, sure, in the hell, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, I mean, running a touchdown back, which was pretty <laughs> it was incredible. So actually, two of those. Say, they actually had two of those last. Yeah. And so. I got to say, this was uh, pretty cool, too, that um, was said afterwards by Josh Allen in the, uh, the postgame interview. So that the last time the Buffalo Bills had a kickoff return for a touchdown was three years and three months ago. From yeah. that date, which three. obviously, yeah, uh, Ham, uh, Ham, Ham's number number so, three, and, and Josh Allen was pretty teared up around that. So obviously, he cares. I think that there is going to be a little bit of a letdown here, but uh, I think it's going to be a close game, and this might even go to OT. I'm still going with the Bills, but this is a very, very closer game than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, as much as I would love. Here, I think for the Bengals to win, I also have the Bills winning this as well. Um, yeah. I would rather the Bengals win just because I would rather face the Bengals myself, even though they are pretty hot too. But uh, I think that was our main competition with the Bills. We'll see. But like you said, the we'll see how they were, uh, how they play um, this uh, uh, once they make it to that point. So if they do, is the question, which I believe they will. All right. Um, let's go. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the NFC here. So um, sure. the, the first matchup that we would have is the the because the Cow- we both come with the Cowboys. So they yep. would be taking on the Eagles at home again, another divisional rival. So yep. this is going to be a very interesting game for sure, especially because the Cowboys beat the the Eagles the last time. The Eagles seem to have something to prove. But how hurt is Jalen Hurts? So uh, he played hurt in, in week 18. Um, didn't look necessarily Great, but you know the bye week's definitely going to help for sure. Is it going to be enough, right? So I, I did the AFC. You got to start here with the NFC. What is your mm-hmm. pick between the Cowboys and the Eagles? I'm going with the Eagles. I mean, overall, if I look at their season, you know they went 14 and one. Uh, I know Hurts, you know, is uh, is a concern, but uh, he did look like he was able to, you know. Um, you know, throw the ball fine on Sunday. So whatever they won over the Giants. So, you know, I think it's still going to be the Eagles. Yeah, um, I, I, I got to go with my gut back when, uh, you know, last session what we had, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I just believe for whatever reason that they're going to upset the Eagles. I don't believe that the Cowboys are, you know, it's not that I, I don't, I don't trust the Cowboys. It, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's weird because I really don't trust any of the NFC teams. And we talked about this last session. I believe the AFC teams are much better than the NFC teams. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I just believe that the Cowboys are going to be able to beat the Eagles. I think that it's going to be a lot of prop, a pomp and circumstance for the Eagles. Um, and the Cowboys are just going to come in. They had a win against Tampa Bay. They're going, I think that they're going to blow the doors off Tampa Bay. And I think what is it's going to end up happening is Jalen Hurts is going to actually get hurt in that game. Um, I know he's still sore, but, you know. We'll see. But I'm going to go with uh, the Cowboys for that game. All right. Uh, Interesting. For the next of the divisional round, last uh, game here, the divisional round, we have uh, – I had a difference than you did. Uh, so I have the Giants yeah. at San Francisco. You have Minnesota at San Francisco. Um, you know, again, we, we talked a little uh, about these teams already. Uh, who do you got coming out of this game? Yeah, I was going to say Vikings at, uh, at the 49ers here. Looking at this and the comparison um, – I I have to go with you know with let's see here. Overall, Minnesota went three and three. They were outscored by fifty points uh, versus uh, 
the versus San Francisco in the past. Um, I mean, they do state a chance potentially, but I honestly have to go with 49ers. Yeah, and that's where I'm going to. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. I just believe, and I don't believe in San Francisco at all. I've said this several times, but I believe that they have a less path of resistance. I think that Minnesota is a team that's going to be able to limp through um, and then face San Francisco. And the Giants, I think, are kind of the same way. I think they're going to pull off the upset uh, um, against San Francisco, or excuse me, against Minnesota, and then take on San Francisco. So to me, either one of those matchups I take a look at, I believe that San Francisco is going to be the outcome for that one. Yeah, agreed. Okay. All right. We'll get to the AFC Championship game, the game that a lot of people had already in the paper on the preseason, just depend on who was going to be the home field advantage. Oh, wait, that's that I see more on because it's going to be in Atlanta. Um, the Bills and the Chiefs for the AFC Championship. Oh. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be interesting. I will go ahead and go first. I, I, I'm telling you, I got to stick with my conviction, even though my gut's telling me to go completely off of it. I made the bold prediction. I talked about it in the last session, but I made the bold prediction that this game is going to go to overtime. And the rule that was changed because the Buffalo Bills bitched about it mm-hmm. last is going to end up biting them in the ass. I think this game is going to go to OT. Bills get the ball first. They score a touchdown, kick a field goal. The Chiefs get the ball second. They score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion to win the fucking game. I think that's what's going to happen. i got to stick with my convictions. I'm going with the Chiefs. This one I'm very, very, very nervous about. I, I've been telling you this for a while, Josh. I honestly am very fearful going up against the Bills. Uh, in the AFC championship. I, I want to say the chiefs, I really do, but I'm, I'm really concerned that the, the bills are going to win this. Um, I wish I had the confidence you did right now. Mm. I will go with the chiefs because I feel like I, uh, I think they can upset them, but man, this is going to be tough. Trust in Patrick Mahomes. That's all I got to say. I will trust. I will trust. All right. All right. So let's, uh, we got the we got the Chiefs. All right. So moving on here uh, for the NFC here, we both have difference uh, on who's going to be facing the 49ers, right? Mm-hmm. I have the uh, I have the Cowboys. You have the Eagles going into it. Um, you are the first choice. Then who's going to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC? I am going with the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly, huh? Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. So um, for me, I, I, I take a look at this in a lot of different ways. I don't believe in San Francisco. I mean, a lot of people, again, I don't either. Many times. Um, but they say they're, they're a complete team and the Eagles are a complete team. I, again, I don't even have the Eagles making it past the divisional round. Cowboys versus San Francisco. This is an old school rivalry of the NFC, right? And I believe that it's going to come down to old remedies. And I believe the Cowboys are going to get to back to the Super Bowl for the first time in a long time. Um, and Jerry Jones is going to be super full mass. You know what I mean? The fact that he finally got there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, 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 I just don't believe, I, I believe the Cowboys, especially if they get that far, they're going to be so amped that they're going to be able to just roll over to San Francisco 49ers. Cause the Dallas has got a decent defense, right? And so does the Eagles. But again, it just, I don't know. The, the NFC is 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 a, too tough to tell for me, but I am going to go with the Cowboys. So we have a difference on the Super Bowl as well here. Um, 
and I'll go ahead and go first if you want. Um, so the Chiefs versus the Cowboys, I'm going to make this very easy. It's Chiefs all day long. I believe the AFC is stronger than the NFC regardless. Yep. Um, there's going to be a lot of emotions and prop and circumstance that comes around the Cowboys being in the Super Bowl. They may start off strong, but Patrick Mahomes has been there, done that. And I think uh, that Andy Reid's also been there, done that. So a composure is going to happen, and I believe the Chiefs are going to win it all. What I was saying the other day as well is that if we can make it through the Bills, I am confident that we can complete this. We can go to the Super Bowl and win it, no matter who we face. Right. So you have the Chiefs over the Eagles in your scenario. Absolutely. All right. So we both have the Chiefs winning it all. As long here. as we get through the Bills, that game, I I don't know what I'm going to do for the AFC Championship game, but I'm... I'm going to have to be on heavily drugged or just something because I'm going to be nervous. It's going to so, be great. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be like you and uh, yeah. game six for uh, 2019 for the Blues, and you just couldn't watch the game because you were so nervous about that game. That's me. That was that like game. game three, game four, game five, game six. I know, but you game were game – I just remember being at your house on game six, and you were literally like – in the bathroom vomiting. Oh, you were so yeah, upset was, about that game. You were oh, in terror. You were a wreck. Like leading um, up to hey, that game, I was so I was so sick, dude. Like you were I, I just a wreck. Uh, so, so bad. I'm not to that point yet, but I am nervous. But the weird thing lie. about that, man, I'm telling you, going into game seven, I should have been more nervous, but I was super freaking calm. And I was only going with alerts on my phone because I was not watching the game, watching the movie Evolution of all things on Netflix. And it came up on my phone. All right, let's go. We got the first goal. And then Petro scores. Let's go. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, we have a chance. And then, you know, every single vibration from my phone, I'm like, oh, my God, like, please, please, please. So I, like, slowly would scroll down and be like, into the second period. Oh, thank God. So that's when I started <laughs> to really believe. I'm like, we have a two-goal lead going into the third period. And I remember you telling me, get your butt down here. We just scored a third goal. And I was yep. my butt down there. Yep. And and we won. But yeah, that but for game six for you of, uh, of that, I just remember how you were all nerved up and that's kind of where I am. I feel like if we can get through the AFC championship game and win against the Bills, I don't care who we're facing. I think we got this. Okay. That's my opinion. And I'm sticking well, to it. So we got a few differences. We'll see how it goes and we'll see who ends see up. how many beers we get or but not. Or have to buy. Right. Before we sign off of this. All right, what do we believe that the total score that's going to be scored in the Super Bowl is going to be? That will be that will serve as the tiebreaker. Ooh, I'm going to go with 52. 52, that's cool. I'm going with 56. 56, okay. Yeah. So uh, we both have uh, – oh, I need to actually write that down. Who <laughs> heck what? Um, so that's going to be interesting because it's just a four-point difference. We both believe it's going to be a higher uh, high game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but uh, – it's going to be interesting for sure. So, yeah. All right. Well, NFL uh, uh, playoffs start on Saturday. Um, we will uh, start watching the games and go from there. So it's uh, going to be interesting for sure. Let's see who's going to come out on top and uh, hold the Lombardi at the end of this uh, at the end of the year. So. I was going to say that's going to it's going to be interesting, but uh, at least for the Chiefs, they get to enjoy a week of. Uh, um, taking some rest and uh, taking a nice rest and a little R and R for them and, and uh, enjoy that number one seed. So they get to watch the games with all of us. 
So Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure will be over at your place and uh, be chilling with you. With yes, exactly. All of the other, all the other celebrities. Well, he, I'm about to say, you know, I moved, right? So he's actually my next door neighbor now. Yeah, he's so. your ne- he's now your next door neighbor, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly. he plays in Kansas City. He just lives out in St. Louis, so. Exactly. There you go. That's cool. I was gonna say Travis Kelsey. He lives next to me, so. Yeah. All right. I see how it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, just totally kidding, but of course, uh, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Oh yeah, like I was serious about that. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I'm not that cool. Uh, anyway, well, we are the hometown losers. It's been uh, great catching up with you guys, and until next week. Hey guys, this is Adam. just want to say thanks for listening to the Hometown Losers Podcast. We'll see you next week as we continue our discussion of St. Louis sports.